Sup, Craig? Sorry, I cut you off, Craig. Uh, sup, Craig? You jumped the gun so much. Uh, hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And Ben Simmons hit a three-pointer. And I'm Corbin Heller. Yeah, he doesn't do that a lot, right? Uh, it's the first time he's ever done it in a regular season no. game. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's why it's such a big deal. Like, this is the first time he's ever done it. Uh, oh, oh, that's, isn't this like his third season? Yeah, like, it's been a talking point for a good while. Oh, my God. Uh, he has. Didn't he two, win Rookie of the Year? He has, yes. He has two three-point attempts prior to tonight in his career. Oh, my, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. Not even like a wacky like desperation shot. Nope, that's why it's so crazy because everyone was talking like this is something he keeps saying he's working on and like he's posting videos of him able to do it and like practicing it, but he's not even making any attempts. Like he That's fucking bonkers. <laughs> and like it's not like people aren't giving him space on the floor, they are. Like there are times where he's just crazy wide open. He just doesn't shoot. Well, you know, that's not even our topic for today, and I'm 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 just so flabbergasted. <laughs> it could be a topic. Oh, uh, we certainly could make it one, yeah. Uh, so instead, our, our actual topic for today. Oh, I'm stupid. I need to correct myself. I was for some reason, basketball reference has a per game as like the top table instead of total. He has 17 three point attempts in his career. Still never made one, but he has like he had eleven in eighty-one games his rookie year, and then six last year. Seventeen still not a lot though. No, not at all. All right, fucking all right. Uh, I just sent you a link to the Google Doc because I realized I didn't do that earlier. But today we'll be talking about the Houston Astros. Uh, so, as we've mentioned before on the show, and as has been a major talking point of the sports news cycle in the last fucking two weeks now, three weeks? It's, yeah, it's been a good while. It, it, it has not stopped, and the information coming out has been consistent. Uh, the Houston Astros cheated. <laughs> They're dirty, dirty cheaters. And so we thought it'd be fun to at least look at some of the statistics end of it. Um, what did the numbers look like when the cheating supposedly started? So the allegations are primarily for 2017, although it appears as though they also cheated in 2018 and 2019 through various different means. So we'll be spending, but we'll be spending most of this time looking at the 2016 and 2017 season as 2017 was when the most obvious of the cheating happened, that's the banging on the trash can season, that ultimately resulted in them winning the World Series. So that's why one of the main reasons this is also so hotly contested. Uh, like, what do you think this would be like if the Astros didn't win the 2017 World Series either? Like, they lost in seven games to the Dodgers, just like they lost in seven games to the, uh, the Nats. Obviously, this would still be a big deal, but do you think it'd be, like, as big as it is? Uh, I don't think it would be nearly as big of a deal. Uh, if they went to the World Series and s- lost in seven games, I feel like it's it's like if currently it's at a hundred percent, I'd say it, it would only be like 85, 90. You know, like it would still be a major deal, but like there's definitely some people that'd be like, no, they didn't win though, so they couldn't be good at it. 
That's a good point. I, I, I think. I mean, I think it's a really good way of putting it too. The whole percentages. I think because I think yeah, that that pretty much hits the nail on the head with it. Yeah, it would um, still be super fucking bad, but you're right. It wouldn't be like quite as bad. Do you think uh, all these dudes who have been like accused and like people have said they've been involved? Do you think their wives are like? Holy shit, if they cheat at baseball, America's pastime, do I need to get my ducks in uh, in order? I don't know. These uh, guys are pretty shitty. Uh, I'll say yes, because fuck them. <laughs> you know, like, I'll say yes, because, like, fuck Carlos Correa. Like, like suck on a dick. Like, I don't care about you. That's the attitude I like. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck you, the girl gal. He's racist. Like, fuck them all. Super racist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get into into some of this. So, uh, have you opened up the uh, the Google Doc? I do. Cool. So, let's just start looking at some side by side comparisons of these two seasons, and we'll start with some of the more preliminary stats, just the slash line stats. So, in 2016, the team had a batting a team batting average. I should clarify; these are all team stats. A team batting average of 247, on base of 319, a slugging of 417. For an OPS of 735, which is good for a 102 OPS plus as a team, which was sixth in baseball. So yeah, these stats, oh, these stats, yeah, these stats are fine. These stats are totally fine. Um, yeah. What? What? Do you know what the average batting average was? Just because 247, it doesn't seem that low, but I feel like it kind of would be based off of everything that's you know we've been hearing about it i should be able to pull that up pretty quick you know what the problem is is i have ten thousand tabs open to the point where like you can't always. see what i know i know i know but they're helpful but the problem is <laughs> is i can't see <laughs> um what the the the, the titles are <laughs> in the on the tab so i have to individually <laughs> click through each one Mm-hmm. To see what they are and God, that is a disgusting amount of tabs oh speaking of tabs here's a tab for you i oh, hate you so fuck much for me, this. dude I, that just splashed all over my fucking <laughs> laptop hold on um <laughs> you fucking deserve that shit too uh, uh, shit yo for reference uh they were 23rd in baseball with that 247 batting average Okay. Yeah, the only teams below them that year was the Mets, the especially Raiders, the the A's, the Brewers, the Rays, the Phillies, and the Padres. So not good teams. Oh fuck! <laughs> I'm all over the place right now. This is yeah. bad. I can hear it. I can't even see you, and I can hear it. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I spilled beer like on my laptop. Like I ruined my last laptop doing and uh i basically just had to smash a bunch of keys to dry it off and closed out of everything but we're all good we're back cool uh yeah so so they were 12 points of batting average better than the worst team in baseball the padres their 247 was better than the padres 235 they were uh eight points of batting average out from being league average which was 255 and they were 41 points away from being the best which was Boston at 282. So nothing spectacular. No, de- very, definitely bottom very half of the low league. mediocre. Yeah, for sure. 
well, I was about to ask, but were they below the Mendoza line? But we literally know that they were not. Yes, no, they were. They were definitely had it above a 200 batting average. <laughs> oh, Corwin, you are stupid. All right. So looking at 2017, these numbers change a lot. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, uh, yes, they do. Their batting average goes to 282. Their 2017 on base percentage, 346. Their 2017 slugging, 478, which is good for an 823 OPS and a 123 OPS plus, which was best in baseball that year. Big change. Well, if you look at their on base percentage, you can see that it is about 30 points higher. You know, it's uh, it's 27 points higher. And let's look at their batting average jump. Ah, I see their batting average jump was 35 points higher. So what, right off the bat, you can guess that they're on base. What about their slugging? We'll get to the slugging in a second. Okay. But, but you can see that their on base went up strictly because they're hitting more baseballs, which, of course, is good. And, of course, that's always the goal. But it means that their walks actually went seemingly down. At least as a percentage, they're of their on base because they're on they're, because their batting average has jumped forty uh, thirty five points, like 30, 35 points in one year of additional batting average. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no no batting coach can do that. Fuck no. I, I, I don't. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I don't care how much great mentor Carlos Beltran was. It it does not matter. No batting coach is that good. Do you remember the uh, article that came out that basically talked about how uh, the Astros were kind of lost until they brought in Carlos Beltran, and then he like taught guys how to you know look at stuff on film, like little things that they could look for, like, and he just improved everything so much. Was that oh, yeah, a bullshit that... article? <laughs> oh, <laughs> of they course just it was. lying to us and like through their teeth. Of course it was. Carlos Beltran also the quote unquote pitch tipping wizard. <laughs> Because he was always able to recognize what pitchers were doing. He was looking at videos. He was looking at videos. Everything I know is a lie. Yo, this is a really wild team batting average leaderboard for 2017. Are you ready for the three top teams? Let's do it. It's Houston, Colorado, Miami. Yikes. That's a wild top three. Yeah. Damn, Miami. Yeah, yeah. Well, they oh, they still had Ozuna and oh, Stanton yeah. and uh, and Yelich. Last should have been year, this year. So yeah. well, it was last year. All those guys, they all got traded in that offseason. Damn. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think they could actually be like a World Series contender if they didn't trade all those guys, or would they still be just in the circle of suck? I'd have to look at the trades and see. I, what I don't. Got I don't know. Uh, it's just so tough to see. The, their problem was, as it is with most teams, pitching. But yeah. anyway, let's take a brief deviation from from that just to hop back over to this Astros stuff. So, based on just these preliminary slash line, you know, at a glance, first look stats. Uh, I mean, it's it's massive. It's a huge difference in offensive production just so immediately. Did you see the one chart that they had? Um, I forget exactly what it covered, but it was basically um, all of Major League Baseball except for the Astros were kind of just like a gradual, you know, increasing trend. And then the Astros were just so astronomically high, you almost missed them. It's crazy how 
much this season changed from 2016. Like how it shouldn't make any sense, even with cheating, how they improve so much. Well, the answer is cheating. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's just. But if you ask me, hey, if, you know, they tipped, if they were doing what they were doing, how much do you think they'd improve? I would have been like, not this much. They wouldn't improve this drastically. And, and that's what I want to get at, mostly because these are team statistics. Like the fact that the team OPS plus increased 21 entire points is nonsense because that's not. Because, like, a lot of Astros defense, Astro fans' defenses is, well, they signed a lot of, like, better players, you know, like, they, they, and we'll get to that later, too. But the thing is, like, yeah, that's all well and good, but the fact of the matter is, is that the depth pieces, the guys who are career, like, nobodies, Jags, are now actually performing at at least a, a non-negative value to the point where your team OPS increased 21 points, like, Team OPS is tough. They were in sixth place, a top 10 team with a 102 OPS plus. Like, Team OPS plus is not usually a very high number, like you would think of for, like, you know, guys who finish top five in MVP voting. You know, a top five team doesn't have a humongous OPS plus. So the fact that it increased 21 entire points is, it's, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. All right. So what's up next? What's the next thing to look at for us? So I threw plate appearances in there just to give us a point of reference. So in 2016, the Astros had 6,204 plate appearances to the 2017 Astros 6,271. So 67 more plate appearances, which I have to say is actually less than I was expecting Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's always, there's always talk about like, and it, it, I mean, this is true. Like, you know, you put your best hitters at the top of the lineup so that they get more plate appearances over the course of a season. And that is true. But I also would have, I would have figured that being so astronomically better would have accumulated more than just an additional 67 plate appearances. Right. Like, like that's not a 30, lot of plate appearances. Like a 35 point increase um, in batting average, you would think would be over the course of 162 games would be a much bigger difference in these plate appearances, especially since they're walking less. Yeah, it, it's literally um, one additional plate appearance every three games, just about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, not that much. I don't know, it's weird, right? How does that math work out? What do you mean? Like, how are they getting on base more, walking less, but have, you know, the correlation there with the uh, plate appearances doesn't really add up you know what i mean i i i do and i that's what i'm saying that's one of the reasons i actually kind of love the defense about it but it's 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 weird right like you would expect that to be a much different number can we blame cheating oh 100 <laughs> percent. i i blame i blame uh i blame alex core for this one because you know he can <laughs> talk about him in a minute all right uh, then I just figured I'd put some totals there just to just to show that that really emphasize that slugging. So yeah. in 2016, the Astros hit 291 doubles, 29 triples, 150, 198 home runs, good for uh, 518 extra base hits. It's pretty good. Uh, the 2017 Astros hit 346 home runs. That's uh, if you keep track doubles. at home. That's 54. Sorry, yes, doubles. doubles. 54 more doubles. Than 2017, 
They had 20 triples, which is irrelevant. Uh, they hit nine fewer triples. I mean, again, it doesn't matter. And then they hit 238 home runs, which is 40 more home runs than they hit in 2016. Good for 604 extra base hits, which is uh, 88, 86 more extra base hits than they hit in 2016, which is significant. Were they also doing steroids? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, why not? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they were doing steroids and greenies and and uh, sheep semen and whatever the hell else. Beaver tranquilizer <laughs> and bees. Damn you, Bernice. Um. So so now you can see. So one of the things with the whole slugging aspect of it is now you're seeing that they're capable of squaring up the ball a lot more, and some of this can be attributed to better players. Again, we'll get to that later. Yeah, that that's fair. But this is also a monstrous increase on this front. Um, you could say everyone had a good year, but that seems like a pretty uh, specious argument at best. Again, we know why they had a bit. Everyone had a good year. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not as a result of uh, just luck. Although it really makes that 2018 Astros season look very questionable, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, very. Uh, I was Red Sox. Sorry, Red Sox. I think I said Astros again. 2018 Red Sox, where everyone had a career year. Uh, so this one was actually kind of weird. Um, the average exit velocity for the 2017 Astros was actually lower than the average exit velocity of the 2016 Astros by 0.1 miles per hour. But they also climbed the ranks. So in 2016, they had a team average exit velocity of 87.7 miles per hour which was 14th in mlb so average and then in 2017 they had an 87.6 mile per hour exit velocity which was actually fourth in baseball uh, apparently 2017 was a shitty year for exit velocity um which is weird because 2017 is also the season they changed the balls in halfway through so kind of odd it's lower, but maybe one has something has to do with the other. Um, so I also, though, I did check average exit velocity across teams is pretty much like right here. It's not like any team had an average exit velocity of over 90 or below 80. So they were all kind of in this ballpark. So this one wasn't interesting, but I left it in. So what's oh. up next? War? I'm going to get back to war, actually. Okay. So I want, let's skip down to BABIP. Okay. So maybe, maybe the Astros just got lucky. You know, maybe, maybe a lot of their hits were just dunking in and, you know, like they were just splitting the outfield because the outfield defense wasn't great all, so, all season. <laughs> uh, so BABIP, batting average on balls in play, will tell you that. Because you can, if you're massively outperforming your BABIP, um, if your batting average is outperforming or underperforming your BABIP, it means you're either lucky or unlucky. And in 2016, their BABIP was 298 against their 247 batting average. So they were perhaps a, a tad unlucky. And then in 2017, their BABIP was 309. About, that's an additional 11 points, which is pretty negligible, which um, as compared to their 282 batting average, which again suggests that they were a little bit unlucky but a little bit less unlucky than they were in 2016 so uh they definitely didn't get lucky <laughs> i'll tell you that uh the babip hardly moved up it's one thing if it jumped up drastically and you could say you know you could blame it on poor defensive alignments or 
the Astros are really good against hitting against the shift or some shit, but nope, it was a uh, Babbitt was pretty pretty steady there, so nothing doing on that front. And I just to double down on that, I put I, I wanted to see what the ball batting average or sorry the in play percent of balls hit and. So to think about Babbitt, Babbitt is the balls that already went in play. How often do you get on base with it? Now I want to see, all right, so just because you know what pitch is coming doesn't mean you can get a hit off of it, but it does mean you can put it in play. Mm-hmm. So in 2016, 63% of, and I forget, I don't forget how this was exactly calculated. Uh, I pulled this one off of baseball reference as we pull damn near all of our stats <laughs> off of baseball reference because they're the best. Yeah, I can't remember um, the last time we did baseball stuff and didn't pull something off baseball reference. I mean, it's just the fucking best. Um, I, so I forget how they calculated this, if it was uh, based off of plate appearances or what have you. But um, balls, we could we could think about it. I probably will think about it as like uh, balls. And, and um, I want to see if I can find it. Uh, here it is. Uh, percentage of all plate appearances with ball put into play. Okay. So, for instance, Jose Altuve put 77% of his plate appearances balls into play. That's a lot. That's really fucking high. Uh, 2016, too. Anyway, so That's the Astros different. put 63% of their, the ball seen by them in play. In 2017, it went up to 69%, so six additional percentage points. Which, for this, I'm unsure of whether I'm going to think about that as being a large, moderate, or small increase. It feels like it should be big, but I don't know. I really, I have no frame of reference, so I, I can't really help you much here. Well, let's do, a, let's do some really quick math here. Um, how many hits would that be? Or how many more balls into play is that? So if you took their, um, how many play appearances did they have? 6,200. So if we took that, their 2017 plate appearances and multiplied that by their uh, balls in play uh, from 2016, that's 3,951 balls in play from 2016. Sure. Based on the 2016 numbers. And then using their 2017 number of 69%, that's 4,327 balls in play. So it's just wow. about 400 more balls put into play over the course of the season. It's right, crazy to see like when you you forget how long a season is and when you extrapolate to 162 games how fucking massive a small change is. Yeah, that's why I was so on the fence about it because six percentage points, depending on what you're talking about, can be very negligible. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about 6,271 plate appearances – Changing anything by six percent, like that's that 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 adds up real fast. Like four hundred more balls put into play over the course of the season. That that's more than that's more than two a game. It's almost that's that's almost three a game. That yeah, that's. I wonder if we looked at the other teams, what the average here would be. Um, but just looking at it the way it is, it's it seems pretty. You're you're right. It is pretty crazy. So just keeping in line with some of these percentages, uh, I got a I got a few more for you. I know it's a lot of stats, but hey, this is the stats episode. I don't know what you were expecting. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> do we usually apologize for giving you an hour and a half worth of statistics just straight in a row? 
No. Fuck them. No, sir. <laughs> in 2016, the Astros had a swinging strike percent of 19.8. So that means that um, of all the strikes that they accumulated, they were swinging strikes 19.8% of the time. In 2017, that dropped to 14.8%. And in case you were wondering, the pitches swung at percent in 2016, 47.3%. In 2017, 45.3%. So it went down. So both the pitches that they're swinging at, the amount of times that they're swinging went down, and the amount of times that they swung and accumulated a strike, basically a, a miss or a foul, also went down. So not only are they more disciplined, they're also making better contact. Hmm. Hmm. It's funny. What could cause such a thing? And finally, a much uh, discussed stat recently, we're going to do strikeout to walk ratio. So in 2016, the Astros struck out 1,447 times and walked 554 times, which is a strikeout to walk ratio of 2.61. In 2017, the Astros struck out 1,075 times, walked 508 times, a strikeout to walk ratio of 2.12. So they struck out 400 times less. They also walked 50 fewer times. And they uh, there's their strikeout to walk ratio went down a pretty decent chunk. Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to attribute the decrease in walks being they were really bad at cheating. And so they were just taking fastballs down the middle because they didn't know what they were doing. Oh, it's probably the other way. It's probably because they knew that they were going to get, you know, get grooved one or, uh, or, yeah. or get something. Like, now they're more willing to swing because they know yeah. they're going to get the pitch they want. Like, mm. how often do you hear during a, during a broadcast, like, oh, he's uh, he's sitting fastball or the batter is sitting curveball or he's sitting off speed. Now you don't have to sit. Yeah. You can get, you're going to get told. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you don't have to have patience. Like someone's gonna tell you. Like they're gonna be like, "Hey, hey, hey, bud, curveball." <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, it would be more of you know, curveball. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything good to hit in front of me. <laughs> I just smacked my desk. Yeah, I, I, I do this on my lap, <laughs> like a good boy. So in 2016. The Astros had a team war of 29.2, and 24.8 of that was from OR, 4.2 of that was from DWAR, so the remaining .2 war came from probably like base running or some stupid shit. Um, in 2017, their team war, and I cannot emphasize that enough, 37, their OR, 39.1. And their D-War actually dropped to negative 2.4. So the reason I put the breakdown in there is that it's one thing for the Astros' team war to increase about 8. That in of itself is a ludicrous number. But this is a question not of the parts of war that get added into the overarching war. It's about offense. And their O-War increased nearly 15! Yeah, that's, that's fucked. That's nuts. That is absolutely fucked. That that's basically giving your starting lineup everyone's going to get an additional one point five wins above replacement onto their blast season. That's so much. 
That's so much. That's ridiculous. I wish that was, uh, you know, natural, you know? Like you said, there's not a batting coach in the world. <laughs> God. Oh, fuck. I, uh, uh, I just, I, I can't even fathom how... Oh, I just saw your message. Yeah. Did you see that? Wow, I didn't. I'm just seeing it now. So apparently the Yankees have released Jacoby Ellsbury mm-hmm. and DFA Greg Bird. And and he, added so, Esteban Floreal, Davey Garcia to the 40-man roster and also DFA Nestor Cortez Jr., which who cares about that? Yeah. So wow. the thing is with Ellsbury, um, they still owe him like $68 million that they have to pay. I think that uh, was the tweet that I saw. All right, so I here's here's a Roto World. So Ellsbury will get twenty point four, twenty point one four million not to play for the Yankees in twenty twenty, plus a five million dollar buyout of the twenty one million dollars he would have been owed in twenty twenty one. So they owe him about twenty six million dollars altogether. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Duffy got designated by the Rays as well. Oh really? Well, mm-hmm. he. He's a good, not great player, so that's fine. Yeah. The bird thing also not surprising. Um, I think Mike Ford makes him redundant. I agree. We love Mike Ford too. We don't love Greg Bird. We tried to love Greg Bird and he did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you gave him so many chances to succeed, and he did not. Couldn't take one of them up. Oh wow. He only that's played crazy. ten games this year. Yeah, yeah, they were like the first 10 games of the season, and then, guess what? Got yeah. hurt. Yeah, fucking asshole. <laughs> wow, Vidal Braun uh, got uh, th- uh, the Rays purchased his contact. He's a big-name prospect as well. I only saw that because he was right under Greg Bird stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's wild. Okay. Ooh, he bet 171 this year, Greg Bird. That's not great. Yeah, well, he's even, not even if it is a 10 game sample, yikes. So, anything you want to you wanted to uh, talk about in regards to this first tab here with uh, the Houston Astros? Um, did we talk about swinging strike rate? We we did. Remember. Okay, we then yeah, we'll go back to it. <laughs> no, I just genuinely was looking at it like I don't remember if we talked about that, but no, if we talked about it, we're fine. So the next tab I have here is about roster changes because one of the big, again, like I said, one of the big defenses is, well, the Astros turned over the, a lot of parts of the roster and got mm-hmm. better players. So what I did was I went position by position, and then I put in uh, five bench players that had the most played appearances because, you know, that means those guys saw good time. Mm-hmm. And I figured the easiest way of doing this was to look at it by OPS plus for their season and then for their career. So we could get a feel for like, what kind of player is this? Before so, we go into this, I just want to say the biggest surprise so far is that Nori Aoki was their left field starter for the entire season. I remember that because totally the season after him. that um, was when he went back to, I feel so bad. I don't remember if it's Korea or Japan, but he went back to um, like Asian baseball, um, which was everyone was like a little bit surprised about, but like 
he was older and he wanted to like get back to be near his family and like keep playing baseball, but like back in his home country. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always liked Nori or Nori. He, he seemed like a good dude. Hey, Josh, um, Yuli Guriel, um, uh, Tracy, he is from Japan. Thanks pal. Yeah. I appreciate that. I one. thought far too long about how I was going to say Josh, Yuli Guriel, Tracy in order. And I still fucked it up. Uh, it sounded great. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So in 2016, the Houston Astros had at catcher Jason Castro, uh, first base Marvin Gonzalez, second base Jose Altuve, shortstop Carlos Correa, third base Luis Valbueno, whose existence I forgot about. Much the same with left field Colby Rasmus, Mr. Uh, Amish himself. Yeah, forgot he existed entirely. Center field, Carlos Gomez. Right field, George Springer. Primary DH was Evan Gaddis. The five bench players with the most played appearances for the Astros that year were Jake Morisnik, Tyler White, Alex Bregman, Preston Tucker, and A.J. Reed. The OPS plus um, as an average for all of these players, which, again, I, I get you can't quite average this out to be precise due to the difference in played appearances amongst these players, but for a rough look, 95.4, 95.4, 2016 OPS plus, the career OPS plus for these players, uh, as an average, 101.1. So in 2016, they underperformed their career batting uh, ability, but like not by too much. Six, uh, six points is a fair amount, but it's not crazy, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, you're getting dragged down by guys like Carlos Gomez, who was very much at the end of his you know career very much out of his prime you're heard this guys AJ like reed guy and preston yeah. tucker and alex bregman who you know yes his career is great he just you know was too young yeah I, and and we'll talk That's, more about this but like also look at look at jake marisnik there sitting at a 62 yeah uh, preston well, tucker with his 50 aj reed with his 49 like there's a lot of rough ones in all of these guys, like Jake Marisnik, Tyler White, Alex Bregman, Preston Tucker, AJ Reed, they're all prospects. I feel like at, in 2016 at this point, um, like Tyler White, Preston Tucker, like they're still prospe- prospects. Jake Marisnik is, you know, still not good. It's you know, they they were definitely a young team on the bench in 2016 because, damn, for sure, old, pretty old starting. So let's take a let's take a peek here at the 2017 roster change. So uh, position by position in 2017 at catcher for the Houston Astros, Brian McCann, first base Yuli Gurriel. Oh, I should mention a few of these players um, were on the 2016 team, but uh, through either injury or just a lack of playing time given to them, they did not appear. So Yuli Gurriel was on the 2016 Houston Astros, but not he wasn't in the top five for plate appearances for starters or not starters. So just a caveat there. Uh, second base, Jose Altuve, shortstop, Carlos Correa, third base, Alex Bregman, left field, Nori Aoki, center field, George Springer, right field, Josh Reddick, DH, Carlos Beltran, and then our five bench players, Jake Marisnik, Evan Gaddis, Marwin Gonzalez, Derek Fisher, and J.D. Davis. The year of the beard on the Astros. Truly. Gaddis, Brian McCann, man. 
their uh, their 2017 average OPS plus for the Houston Astros 119.1, a 24 point increase from uh, 2016. Nuts. The career average OPS plus, you may ask, 111.6, so notably higher than the 2016 number of 101.1, but also it's now lower than the 2017 OPS plus average, which says that a lot of players here were outperforming their career batting numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of those players, for instance, Yuli Gurriel outperformed his career OPS plus by six points. Jose Altuve massively outperformed his career OPS plus by 34. Carlos Correa massively outperformed his career OPS plus by 26. Um, George Springer outperformed his career OPS plus by 10. Josh Reddick outperformed his career OPS plus by 25. Drake Marisnik outperformed his career <laughs> OPS plus by 40. Marvin Gonzalez Honestly? outperformed by 45. <laughs> and Derek Fisher outperformed his by 8. Honestly, if you took this year out of Jake Marisnik's like, career stats, I genuinely think his career OPS would be like 20 points lower. I wouldn't even doubt it. He has been so bad outside of 2017. And somewhat this year. He was serviceable. Oh my god. It it it's mad. And I are the I left out the players who underperformed theirs. Um uh Brian McCann underperformed his by like a bit, four points. Uh the the real big one is Carlos Beltran, who underperformed his by uh thirty-eight points. Because Carlos Beltran was, this was literally the last season of his career. Um, he was he was an old man, so that obviously works against them. Even though he's one of the main people listed in the uh, or accused, I should say, of of coordinating the cheating, it seems as though it did not help him. But again, that comes to just because you can know what pitch is coming and can put the ball in play doesn't mean it'll lead to success. Both are still yep. wrong. Father Time uh, is still undefeated. Lord knows it, my friend. Lord knows it. Uh, so yeah, before we get into we know that. before we get into that, uh, what do you make of of this right here? Um, uh, what? What do you mean? Are you pointing at something? No, of, of uh, what we just went over uh, the players. <laughs> I thought you were like talk? selecting Carlos Beltran's OPS. Like I don't know. We just talked about Carlos Beltran's OPS. It's bad. Um, yeah, like. If if we're being honest, if I looked at 2016 and looked at 2017, I'd be like, all right, you know, they had a good year. They brought in new guys. You know, their young guys performed well. Their stars performed well. Some guys didn't. That's fine. But, you know, in all, they had a great season. But you put this on there as a caveat, and this looks like a giant red flag. Oh, yeah. And so like, if you go at a position by position, like, all right, you know, Jason Castro, was he great? No. 89's pretty pretty mediocre, although it's pretty baseline for a catcher. Catchers are usually not uh, the greatest offensive positions. Just real, real quick side note. Uh, you want to know Jake Marisnik's OPS Plus this season, 2019? Yes. 80. Damn. Honestly, I thought he was doing significantly <clears throat> better than that. Uh, but Jake Marisnik's going to Jake Marisnik. It's just the way yeah. it is. Oh, suck a fat wad. Uh, Yuli Gurriel outperformed Marvin Gonzalez in, 
base by a good 30 points. But Yuli Gurriel, I think, I th- you know, Brian McCann and Yuli Gurriel, are, are, I think, are, are considered better hitters than Jason Castro and Marvin Gonzalez. Although, Marvin Gonzalez on the bench would beg to differ, as Marvin Gonzalez added 54 points onto his um, OPS Plus that season. Uh, let's see, Jose Altuve outperformed his prior season, which, you know, he's, he's young. You expect that. Same thing with Carlos Correa. He's young. You know, that's not uncalled for. Alex Bregman somehow performed exactly as well as Luis Valbuena, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, Nori Aoki outperformed Colby Rasmus, but like not by a ton. A 91 OPS plus is like still just kind of whatever. Um, George Springer had an improvement on his season, but what, it, what really gets crazy is the bench. You know, the starting the starting lineup improving is like whatever. You know, like the starting lineup improved, but. By an amount that you wouldn't go, oh, that's fucking weird, you mm-hmm. know? Outside of maybe a couple guys, but, like, still, it's like, you wouldn't think too much of it. But the bench. So, like, Jake Marizic in 2016, 62 OPS+. plus. Jake Marizic in 2017, one night, he almost doubled it. Just for reference, Jake Marisnik's 119 OPS plus in 2017, the next highest in his career is 84. That's insane. Yeah, and he had a non-insignificant role that season. Like, he played a lot. Mm-hmm. Evan Gaddis... Like, sorry, go ahead. You can't even look at these benches and say, oh, yeah, 2016, they had, you know, a bunch of prospects there. 2017, you expect those prospects to come in and blossom, but that's not what happened. You know, Derek Fisher, I guess you could say, was still a prospect in 2017. Uh, J.D. Davis was probably a prospect there, but it's older dudes. Jake Marisnik, Evan Gaddis, Marwin Gonzalez. These are all old guys. Yeah, and like, so I just want to keep moving through the benches because this is this is. Um, I, I want to make my point. So Evan Gaddis was yes on the 2016 team, but he got bumped down into a bench role with due to other additions. If you compare him to Tyler White, he outperformed Tyler White by 24 points of OPS plus. If you want, uh, Marwin Gonzalez outperformed Alex Bregman on the bench. By the next highest, or the highest Astro on the bench of 2016. By over 30 points, sorry, exactly 30 points of OPS+. plus. Derek Fisher, over 30 points of OPS+, plus over Preston Tucker. uh, J.D. Davis, over 50 points more OPS+, plus than A.J. Reid. Like, the bench is ridiculous. And the thing that makes it, that's one of the things that skews these numbers so much. Because, yes, the Astros have a good starting lineup. That's, I don't think, where the issue lies too much. Although, granted, the starting lineups did still cheat. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's that when you do this kind of shit, the bench, oh my god. Like, it doesn't make you appreciate how many plate appearances go towards um, either untraditional or bench players until you see how much of an impact raising all of their batting stats by a factor of two will do for you. I Yeah, I honestly, I don't even know what else I could say without sounding like a broken record or, you know, sounding like Skip Bayless. Uh, Lord knows we don't need any more Skip Bayless in our life. Uh, I guess we can close off this by doing a little bit of, it's not on here, but I have in front of me a little home and away split kind of deal. I, I got that in front of me. Uh, could you say that one more time? You kind of cut out a little bit. I, you, I, I've got in front of me, though it's not on the spreadsheet, uh, the 
2016 and 2017 Astros home and away batting splits. A hundred percent. I want to hear that. Okay. In 2016 at home. Oh, that's weird. At home. Uh, the Astros had a TOPS plus, uh, you might recognize a new letter there, the letter T. Um, it's, it, it just makes it, um, it's just another additional factor. Oh, actually let's go for, let's go for SOPS plus SOPS plus make, sets it to the league, which is a little bit, uh, better of a, of a, of a indicator. So setting it all over again, SOPS plus at home, 2016 Astros, 91. Not great. Away, 107. Hmm. Better. Yeah, bat, better away than they did at home. Isn't Houston a, a, a hitting park? Yes, it is, Corwin. Yes, it is. <laughs> Not big. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, no, you, you, you're right. It is. Uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. That's for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, re- re- reverse splits happen. Uh, it, that, that's certainly weird, but... You know, I guess is what it is in a way, right? In 2017, at home, the Astros had an SOPS plus of 110, and on the road, 127. What? So the Astros bat enormously better at home in 2017 compared to 2016. Uh, they tacked on 20 points of OPS plus. Wow. But they also bat astronomically better away, also adding twenty points of OPS plus. Um, I Jesus, I, they. I guess that's definitive that proof that they're not tw- cheating. They just got better by exactly twenty points. Yeah, there you go. Why are we even that's, talking? About it? That's how that works. <laughs> uh, yeah, they hit more doubles away. They hit more triples away, I, I, which I guess makes sense since. Uh, as you said, the Astros' ballpark is small. They hit a few more home runs away, but like not all. They struck out a lot more on the road. Oh, that's interesting. They struck out eighty-three more times on the road than they did at home. Hmm. Wonder hmm. why. Wonder why. Wonder why. <laughs> uh, as compared to twenty sixteen, where they struck out more at home than they did on. Hmm. <laughs> Makes you think, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. You got to think really hard. Yeah, you got to have a have a have a big brain to to get that one. Uh, so <laughs> that's all the stats I've had prepared on this. We didn't talk about any of the um, recent developments as they've been coming out. It's been consistent, but uh, nothing too. I, I'd say. Oh, before I get to that, uh, anything else you want to say about the stats? Um. No, I think I'm good. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it's it's one of those things where the Astros in 2017 were so good and it seemed so okay that if you had presented me these stats and just said, hey, look at how much better the Astros got, I'd go, yeah, they're good now. <laughs> um, but when you point out that like they cheated to get it, you go, Oh, that makes sense as to why this is fucking enormous. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you want to get into some of the details behind it all? Well, I was going to say, yes. Uh, 
the only other thing is I was going to say is to me, the biggest thing that's come out recently was the emails. Ooh, what were the emails specifically? Apparently some people in the Astros front office sent out emails to scouts asking them to steal signs. Oh, right, 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 right. I remember this now, which is colossally stupid. I just, first off, you're sending out emails, which is, it should be self-explanatory. Don't do that. Um, and then why would you ask scouts? I get that like you want their input most of all, but they're obviously old-time baseball scouts. They're not into these sort of things. Well, and the other thing is that the Astros ended up laying off a lot of scouts later on yeah. because they're focusing on their analytics. And then guess who they asked to steal signs earlier? The scouts. So yeah, congrats. Everyone's gonna turn on you, you dumb fuck. Like, no shit. I don't know what they expected to happen here. I really don't. This was coordinated about as well as Watergate. Like, my god. Did you say Watergate? Yeah. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> I mean it's just so fucking ass backwards. It is. I it just how they thought they were going to get away with it. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It did sound like, though, because Manfred talked to the press the other day, it did sound like nothing's going to happen before uh, the start of the next season. Really? Well, he he said um, to, to give a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reference point for mm-hmm. how long this investigation may take. The investigation into Pete Rose's gambling mm-hmm. took 157 days. Yikes. So, That's a lot. Yeah, it's that a little really under a half a year. So mm-hmm. I I hope it doesn't take six whole last months because, I mean, first off, I want answers. This is, this is amazing. It's like, I'm like a fan. Of, it's, like, it's like a TV mm-hmm. show. I mean, right. Jesus. I want to see how it ends. But on the other hand, uh, you got to hope that they reach a conclusion faster than that because you know they're going to start the season. They're not going to say, "All right, let's pause, uh, let's take a timeout, and we'll reconvene in June." <laughs> like, like they're not going to do that. So, no. well, well, what were you going to say? Um, if we're being honest, I forget. Um, it was about um, how far do you think this extends? Like genuine, honest opinion, not like you know what the rumors All are saying. Uh, All the way to Jim Crane. What? To the owner, Jim Crane. Oh, I was saying, like, not vertically how far does it spread, but, like, across the league, horizontally. Oh, well, Manfred said it's just the Astros. Well, I feel like he has to say that without evidence that it's other people, but he's not going to be like, it could be anyone. We don't know. So it's it's tough. I feel like that was just, like, an escape answer. If you told me, um, but that's the problem is that the Astros, what they did is so egregious. I just have a hard time picturing other teams doing it to that extent. If you told me that other teams are trying to steal signs or trying to gain some kind of advantage over other teams, that is uh, gray area at best. I go, Oh, of course I'm sure. But this in particular, or anything near it, I, I, I'm really. They had 
a non-broadcast camera inserted into center field, which got found by using promotional pictures from 2017. Like, it's bad. It's really bad. And I don't get... I, I have a hard time believing any other team did anything nearly to this degree. I... It's... I, I honestly think that this is going to come out and this is going to be so much bigger than anyone truly expects to happen. Like, I think this is going to affect, honestly, in the teens of teams. Like, there's going to be a crazy number of people that are, or not, not even people, but a crazy number of teams to some degree involved in this. I don't know how the Astros and, you know, Carlos Beltran, wherever he's been, and Alex Cora with the Red Sox, I don't know how more teams can't be can't be doing this. I just can't imagine it's this, though. This is the only problem I have, is that the, the setup was so extreme. You know, they had a... They had a guy in the tunnel on a on a tear down computer with a trash can next to him that he was banging on, based on a feed he was getting from an uh, improper or illegal installed camera out in center field. And I just, I just can't imagine that there's any team doing that. Well, Again, if I you mean, told me that there was there was other teams doing something skeevy, uh-huh. I buy it, totally well, buy it. But this, the, Do- the Dodgers knew this was going on because you know they've admitted to doing changes and you know hearing certain rumblings and all this. Uh, like they knew it was going on and they changed the way they did things because of it. The Yankees, John Boy put a video out of you know Gary Sanchez and Masahiro Tanaka during the uh, ALDS, ALCS, ALCS. CS, yeah. Um, how quickly they were running through things changing up the signs in the games just they knew what was going on to some degree and were being you know safe because of it teams knew about this like they're showing they know about this i don't know you know how many teams it actually is but goddamn like if teams know about it other teams in my mind have to be doing it not only did the other teams know about it, though, the MLB knew about it um, because they had a, uh, an official installed at the, I think, the Astros um, replay booth. And he got, that official got told explicitly to listen for banging sounds. Yeah. Like, the MLB knew it was happening. And you could say they were trying to keep it in-house or they were trying to just gather information and... I'm sure both of those are legitimate enough, but at the same time, they knew. You know, they knew and didn't do anything in the media to stop it. Uh, Also, there's more stuff coming out saying that the Astros were using buzzers to replace the banging because they got found out. And again, I maybe I'm being too altruistic in this, but this is fucking bonkers. I really just can't because the other thing is it's stupid. It's so stupid. How do you think you're not gonna get caught? And that's why I'm just so hesitant to think other teams are doing anything to this level 
because it's dumb. It's just actually dumb. People are dumb. Oh, you're right. And <laughs> we it's being proven every day with the Astros. But God. So I know I've asked I've know I've asked you in the past, but now that you know more information has come out um and we've you know had more to kind of deal with all this what is the what do you think the uh smackdown from mlb is going to be on the astros and does it spread to core and beltron like what do you think the punishments are going to be oh so that's just so tough uh i people keep saying it's it's not going to happen but i i seriously believe and hope and think it would be just to dish out lifetime bans to Lunau and Hinch. What were you going to say? I just wanted to clarify, like if all this is true, not like pick and choose what you think is true. And then, you know, like if everything is true, Hinch has had, has got to go. Uh, Cora's probably got to go. So I, I, the more I think about it really is the guy behind it. He's got to go. The more I think about it, I want. I would think you'd have to give Hinch the more uh, severe punishment because the allegation is, with this whole buzzer thing that's now come out, that the Astros kept on cheating, even after Cora and Beltran had left. So maybe somewhere between a half-year to full-year ban for Cora and Beltron, so as not to be a, as comparable to what Hinch did, which was not just... Because that's, that's the other thing about this whole buzzer thing now, is that the Astros are saying, all right, not only did we get found out, and we found out that we got found out, but rather than stop, we're going to double down and get even fucking sneakier. Like, it's next level dirtbag. So... I don't I think... Want... Th- Go ahead. I don't think there's any way that you know in 2017 when all three of those guys were there they hooked up you know a hardline laptop running uh camera feed from the outfield with all this banging so consistently you know like the towels over uh the gap in the wall so people on the field couldn't see in and see what they were doing there's no way they went to all of this extent and then just decided oh they got us time to stop you know like if you're going to all this effort to cheat, you're not just going to stop cheating just because some teams are suspicious of what you're doing. Um, and honestly, in my mind, that's why I think there shouldn't there there should not be any leniency with the punishments that are handed out. I think all three of those guys need to get lifetime bans. Um, I think the owner of the Astros crane should be forced to sell the team. Um, I players should get suspended. I don't think the players should get lifetime bans. Um, I think that would affect the watchability of MLB. And at the end of the day, competitiveness is the whole point of this. So I don't think you could ban the players, but if the front office and the coaches are seriously doing this, all in, I think you have to go heavy-handed with the punishments. Otherwise, they're just going to find a better way to do it and not get caught. And like, not only- if you win a World Series and get suspended eighty games, you're going to do that every time. 
Sure. Not only that, though, Corwin, if you if you can do this and win a World Series and you get a lifetime ban, as uh, your manager gets a lifetime ban, fucking hire a fall man. You know, yeah. like hire a dude you don't give a shit about who's just going to be there to keep the players happy and make sure the cheating works. Like if if Lunau stays and and Jim Crane stays and everything holds holds the same, and the only thing that happens is AJ Hinch gets a lifetime ban. Why do the Astros give a fuck? Nope. Jim Je- or Lunau, whatever his fucking name, Jeff Jeff Lunau still gets to be the holder of a World Series ring and say that he won it with without the history books reflecting anything to the opposite. Same thing with Jim Crane. Only thing that bad happens is to have to see your manager. An increasingly, sorry, a decreasingly important position in baseball. You don't give a fuck about that. No, it's going. You're right. It's going to be way more severe than that. I don't want to sound like a sore loser because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of sanctions and, <laughs> um, you know, vacated wins. Uh, but I really do think that they should have their 2017 World Series vacated. Absolutely, they should. Um, I know the whole thing with Penn State when all that went down just because, you know, bringing it up just because vacated wins and it's such a close topic that I don't think the Penn State win should have been vacated because the atrocities that happened here were off the field. It wasn't cheating. It wasn't a guy who was coaching at the time. It wasn't, you know, it didn't have anything to do with the team itself. This is, this is on the field every game. This is them literally winning games because of this. And And profiting. Yeah, and absolutely profiting. Um, I can't wait to see what number is like arbitrarily chosen to be their fine. Because without a doubt, the Astros themselves are going to get fined such an insane amount of, excuse me, amount of money. It's going to be laughable. And I just have no idea how like some actuary is going to be able to come up with this number. What number would you make it? The first number that came to mind was a billion dollars. That's the exact same number I had in mind. (laughs) There's no way they find them a billion dollars. I don't know if the team is worth a billion dollars. Um, man, it's got to be in the over a hundred million. It's it's probably going to be like two hundred million dollars. Astros are currently worth one point eight billion dollars. Yeah, but fuck. Like if you if you find a team half of what it's worth, you're not getting that money, or you're basically just giving that team the death penalty. Because there's no way any business can function if you are f- forcing them to pay a fine half of what the company itself is worth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's got to be severe enough that it hurts. Uh, um, what do you think of the idea of a playoff ban for the, for the Astros? There's something else um, that's been discussed a lot. Again, I, I, it probably should happen. I feel like yeah. all of these things, I don't think all of these things can happen together. I think if, you know, you're lifetime banning three or four dudes, um, you're banning players a crazy number of games, you're finding them a crazy amount of money. I don't know if you can also ban them from the postseason. I feel like there's a mix of these things that's all going to come together and hopefully be the 
the perfect mixture of you know sugar spice and everything nice but um it's definitely something where if it needs to be added to you know bring some fairness to the situation then absolutely yeah it, it it's got it's got to be also it's got to be a deterrent it's got to yeah. be a really heavy deterrent so the best thing I can I can come up with to compare this because we used to talk about this in, in in my econ classes in college. Um, what's the what's what's the penalty for murder? Uh, in some places, it's death. But like lifetime in prison, a very long amount of time. It's it's a significant. It's twenty years. Okay, I didn't know you, if you, you were asking for specifics. I don't know. You you can get out of prison for literally killing a man in about twenty years. Okay. You know, good behavior the whole nine, but like, right. and I understand it's a minimum, but still, you can get out of, yeah, you can get out in twenty years. Uh, how long is Bernie Madoff in prison for? Uh, how many enough. how many life sentences is he serving? I have no idea. A lot. He's serving like I think like over a hundred life sentences. Like no something ridiculous. I think it's something ridiculous. Fuck! I totally like this is a part of history that i've lived through and just kind of forgot about so do you um, know why that is to, it's you know it's a deterrent it's um what's the name it starts with a p uh, what kind of fine um, you're thinking of it, it's a it's a fine courts give out you know like uh they're a type of damages um, uh, i can't think of this i'll i'll look it up well, the reason is is because a lot of murders get solved, even Cumative. though. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Um, like if you kill someone, there's a pretty good chance they're gonna figure out who, you, who that that you did it. Wow. If you commit years in prison for Madoff, sorry. Oh, that, that that's what it was. All right, thank you. Uh, if you commit white collar crime, that's really hard to find. Like, mm -hmm. not a lot of white-collar crime cases get solved because it's just so difficult. You hear about some, but it's because the numbers involved are gigantic. Right. But you don't hear about a lot of smaller ones because a lot of smaller ones don't ever get discovered. It's really hard to track white-collar crime. Right. So what they do is that they issue insanely difficult or insanely tough penalties because getting caught isn't so much of a deterrent because you have a pretty good chance of not getting caught. So the idea is if you do get caught in that small percentage chance, the penalties are insane. Mm -hmm. Whereas with murder, there's a high percentage chance you're going to get caught. So that's a deterrent right there. And then the 20 years on top of that is also very bad. You obviously do not want to serve 20 years in jail. So, But it's also less than you can get for certain white-collar crimes. In theory. I know that right. there's a lot of... Um, weird stuff that happens with buying lawyers and that kind of thing. But that's the theory of it. Yeah. So if you're going to steal $18 billion, like, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff did, you're only going to get 150 years. So that's, you know, a nice trade off for you. Actually, yeah. if you think about it, what's the, uh, what's the punishment for an NFL player punching a pregnant woman in the face? Oh, uh, nothing. Uh, you know, two game suspension. What was Ray Rice? Two games. Uh, yeah, sounds right. Mark Walton got cut for punching uh, his pregnant girlfriend in the face, and Josh got, Brown got one game. Um, no, Josh Brown got uh, commissioner exemplist. Oh, I thought so he got suspended for one game. No, he was kicked out of the league, which was wildly surprising based off of the well, 
I guess, lack of presidents in the NFL. Um, but it's, you know, there's guys that keep doing it because they know the NFL in reality is not going to care all that much, you know? Yeah, they, uh, they suck. <laughs> um, yes, they do. but anyway, point being the idea behind the deterrent is that will the MLB catch you? That's tough to say. But let's say you have a good chance of getting away with it because, you know, all teams do it and they don't want to report it, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a, a good shot of getting away with it. If that's the case, especially as technology gets more and more advanced, that means it's going to be easier and easier to hide. And that means it's going to be, you're going to need to have harsher and harsher punishments. Like, could you imagine if the punishment for this was like $500,000? Everyone no. would do this. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone would do this, and they would just pay five hundred, which is less than just about uh, one amateur player um, or, or uh, rookie player. Everyone would just would just cheat and pay the fine because no one would care. You gotta find that point. It's so fu- it it's ridiculous how, in the grand scheme of things, like I don't know how, I don't know how the MLB is going to be able to put the punishment down that these guys deserve and not cripple the Astros organization and, you know, ruin, you know, the TV baseball words, uh, the watchability of baseball, the competitive nature of baseball and, oh, less people are going to watch. So we can't really go too hard on it. That kind of stuff. Ah, fuck it. Cripple them. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Oh, Anyway, I I think I've exhausted all of my, my my talk on this for the day. Do you have anything else you want to say? I made my piece. All right, then let's get out of here, shall we? Let's do it. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com slash website. JuicingTheNumbers.com And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.